LW, What Discovering Latent Knowledge Did and Did Not Find by Fabian Roger. Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, What Discovering Latent Knowledge Did and Did Not Find, published by Fabian Roger on March 13, 2023 on Less Wrong. Thanks to Marius Habhan and Om Patel for helpful feedback on drafts. Thanks to Colin and Howdy N for answering many questions about their work. Discovering latent knowledge in language models without supervision describes contrast consistent search, CCS, a method to find a classifier which accurately answers yes-no questions given only unlabeled model activations. It might be a stepping stone towards recovering superhuman beliefs of AI systems, as unsupervised methods are more scalable and might be less likely to simply recover what a human would say. I think this research direction is interesting and promising. But I feel like people often got a bit carried away with the approximate takeaway they got from the experimental results of the initial paper. In this post, I present experimental results which highlight the strengths and weaknesses of CCS. CCS is able to find a single linear probe which correctly classifies statements across datasets, and it doesn't hurt performance. CCS does so better than random, but not by a huge margin. On average, random linear probes have a 75% accuracy on some easy datasets. CCS does not find the single linear probe with high accuracy, there are more than 20 orthogonal linear probes, i.e. using completely different information, that have similar accuracies as the linear probe found by CCS, for most datasets. CCS does not always find a probe with low test CCS loss, figure 1 of the paper is misleading. CSS finds probes which are sometimes overconfident in inconsistent predictions on the test set, resulting in a test loss that is sometimes higher than always predicting a constant probability. CCS performance on GPTJ heavily depends on the last tokens of the input, especially when looking at the last layer's activations, the setting used in the paper. Main takeaways. CCS does not simply find weird heuristics on each dataset independently, i.e. it finds some feature or property that is shared between datasets. However, we still don't know if this feature corresponds to the model's beliefs. Future work should compare their work against the random probe baseline. Comparing to a 50% random guessing baseline is misleading, as random probes have higher accuracy than that. CCS will likely miss important information about the model's beliefs because there is more than one linear probe which achieves low loss and high CCS accuracy, i.e. there is more than one truth-like feature. There are many orthogonal linear probes which achieve low loss and high CCS accuracy, i.e. there are many truth-like features. Narrowing down which linear probe corresponds to the model's beliefs might be hard. There exists a direction which contains all linearly available information about truth, i.e. you can't train a linear classifier to classify true from untrue texts after projecting the activations along this direction. CCS doesn't find it. This means CCS is ill-suited for ablation-related experiments. Future work should use more data or more regularization than the original paper did if it wants to find features which are actually truth-like. To get clean results, use CCS on Yuka, and don't get too close to GPT models. Investigating when and why CCS sometimes fails with GPT models could be a promising research direction. When using CCS on GPT models, don't use CCS only on the last layer, as probes trained on activations earlier in the network are less sensitive to the format of the input. Experimental setup. I'm using a modified version of the code Colin and Howdy N used to run the experiments, the zip file linked in this readme. I report results for two models. Unified QA, T5, 11B parameters, which has the highest accuracies, and which Colin uses for figure one of the paper. Yuka has been trained to be good at tasks like the one CCS uses, which is probably why it performs so well. Unless specified, I use the activations of the last layer of the encoder, 
i.e. the activations fed to the decoder, which is the setting used in the paper. GPTJ, which is the model closest to the models I truly care about, which Colin also experimented with. GPTJ has been trained exclusively with next token prediction on the pile. Unless specified, I use the activations of the last layer, i.e. the activations fed to the unembedding layer, which is the setting used in the paper. For each model, I only use datasets which they can solve, i.e. datasets for which the accuracy of a linear probe trained with supervised labels on the last layer's activation is at least 90%. All experiments are done with 10 random seeds. What CCS does and doesn't find. CCS is able to find a single probe which correctly classifies statements across datasets. What the paper does, it trains linear probes on individual datasets, IMDB, COPA, and then measures high transfer accuracies, Appendix E. What Colin claims, in the alignment forum post, CCS, accurately classifies text as true or false directly from a model's unlabeled activations across a wide range of tasks. Right below, the figure only shows one theta instead of many thetas, one per task, may lead the reader to think that only one linear probe is trained across the wide range of tasks. What I measure, I train a probe on all datasets, the train together probe, each model can solve. I reproduce Collins' experiments by training probes on each dataset. I evaluate accuracy on each dataset separately. I compare those two ways of finding probes with the ceiling used in the paper, training a supervised probe per dataset. What I find, Training a single CCS probe does not reduce accuracy by a significant margin over training a probe per dataset, which supports the idea that CCS enables you to find a single probe which classifies text as true or false, at least for text inputs which are correctly answered questions from classic NLP datasets. CCS does so better than random, but not by a huge margin. What the paper does, it never measures the accuracy of random probes. What Colin claims, it wasn't clear to me whether it should even be possible to classify examples as true or false from unlabeled LM representations better than random chance. What I measure, I use the random initialization of CCS probes, but I don't train them at all. Then I measure their accuracy. Note, random accuracy can be better than 0.5 because the methodology used in the CCS paper allows you to swap all predictions if your accuracy is below 50%, and thereby extract one bit of information from the test labels. This is because the CCS loss isn't able to distinguish the probes which correctly classify all statements from the probes which incorrectly classify all statements. What I find, the accuracy of random linear probes is very high. But both CCS and supervised learning are above what you would expect if they were just getting random but lucky probes. Implications, future research should always compare their results with randomly initialized probes rather than with random guessing when it wants to assess how much CCS was able to single out a good probe. Other baselines such as zero-shot and logistic regression can be interesting but measure slightly different things. The fact that even random probes can get relatively high accuracy hints towards the next point. There are many linear probes which get high accuracy. CCS does not find the single linear probe with high accuracy. What the paper does, it does not try to measure if the probe CCS finds is unique. What Colin claims, hypothesis 3, one of the few truth-like features GPTN will represent is whether an input is actually true or false. This would mean that we only need a small number of remaining bits to identify its beliefs from all the candidate features. For the rest of this post, I will write about directions without specifying that I'm writing about the direction of a linear classifier i.e. the direction orthogonal to the decision plane of the classifier i.e. the unit vector d and y equals backslash sigma a plus b. I will also use direction to speak about the feature it captures in the model's activation. What I measure, I use CCS multiple times, constraining the direction of the linear classifier at iteration n to be orthogonal to the directions of the linear classifiers found by CCS at iteration 1, 
N1IE the NTH probe can't use information used by previous iterations. The original idea is from Nora Belrose, and I call this recursive CCS, RCCS. I measure the accuracy of each probe found by the first 20 iterations of recursive CCS. What I find, average accuracy decreases only slightly across the 20 iterations when training CCS probes on all datasets combined, especially on Unified QA, a model specifically trained for question answering. This means that there are at least 20 orthogonal directions which are good candidates for identifying the model beliefs. Vanilla CSS likely doesn't find a unique truth-like direction but only one of many truth-like directions. This means that, Vanilla CSS might miss important information about the model's internal beliefs. Finding which direction represents the model's beliefs requires more information than just a small number of remaining bits. Note, linear combinations of candidates are often good candidates themselves, so you need at least 20 bits of information to narrow down the right direction. 20 is the number of bits needed to describe a linear combination when the weight of each orthogonal candidate is either 0 or 1. It's not just the log 2 20 bits you would need to distinguish between the 20 orthogonal directions found by recursive CCS. Iteration 1 is vanilla CCS, iteration 2 is CCS with the constraint that the direction should be orthogonal to the direction found by iteration 1, iterations 3 is CCS with the constraint that the direction should be orthogonal to the directions found by iterations 1 and 2. There are many good directions, does CCS always find roughly the same one? What I measure, for a single dataset. I run CCS 10 times with different seeds, then measure cosine similarities between the directions of each seed, cosine underscore similarity di, dj, for each i, equals j. What I find, CCS always find roughly the same direction, at least for directions of linear probes trained only on datasets where they have high accuracy, yuka, and gptjimdb. The cosine similarities between directions found by CCS across seeds is pretty big, in dimension 1024. UQA, and 4096, GPTJ, a cosine similarity of 0.4 is already quite big. There exists a single direction which contains all linearly available information. Previous work has found that, in most datasets, linearly available information can be removed with a single rank 1 ablation by ablating along the difference of the means of the two classes. What I measure, I measure the difference of the means of normalized activations x of true and false statements, delta equals 1, i, y i equals true. I, Y I equals true X I minus 1, I, Y I equals false, I, Y I equals false X I. I then project the data along this direction, X equals X minus X, delta delta. Finally, I use CCS on X instead of X. What I find, ablating along the difference of the means makes both CCS and supervised learning fail, i.e. reduce their accuracy to random guessing. Therefore, the fact that recursive CCS finds many good direction is not due to some intrinsic redundancy of the data. There exists a single direction which contains all linearly available information. The fact that recursive CCS finds strictly more than one good direction means that CCS is not efficient at locating all information related to truth. It is not able to find a direction which contains as much information as the direction found by taking the difference of the means. Note, logistic regression seems to be about as leaky as CCS. CINLP which is like recursive CCS, but with logistic regression. As you can see below, after the ablation along the mean difference direction, accuracies are down to tilde 50%. If instead, you ablate along the direction found by CCS, it gives you iteration 2 of recursive CCS, which decreases accuracy by a tiny amount. For example, on Yuka, for a probe trained on all datasets, Ablating along the vanilla CCS direction makes the accuracy of CCS probes go from 92% to 91%, see the first figure of this section.
CCS does not find a probe with low test CCS loss. What the paper does, it does not report test loss. The only clue that might make us guess test loss is figure 1, which shows the resulting probability distribution on the train set, it's not stated in the text, but I've asked Colin about it. What Colin claims, even if GPTN represents its beliefs in its activations, our method might still find a different truth-like feature, which implies that CCS finds truth-like features. What I measure, the most natural interpretation of a truth-like probe is a probe which has low CCS test loss. So I measure CCS loss on both probes trained on one dataset and on probes trained with dataset at once. I compare it with 0.2, the loss you would get by blindly predicting P equals 0.4 on every input, which minimizes the CCS loss. I also reproduce figure 1 on the train and test sets, with Yuka and Copa, as the original paper did, because figure 1 of the paper might make the reader believe that CCS finds a probe with low test loss. What I find, test loss is sometimes higher than the loss of 0.2 you would get with a constant prediction. Left, figure of CCS results on training data, copied from paper, right, replicated results applied to training and test set. Interpretation, the probe is often very overconfident and has severely overfitted the training data. It often predicts that Q? Yes and Q? No are either both true or both untrue, resulting in the bump around 0.5. It is usually more confident in the right answer than overconfident in the wrong answer, and thus, the prediction is often correct even when one of P caret plus or P caret is completely wrong, which is why CCS is still high test accuracy. The strength of CCS does not come from how truth-like the directions it is found are, it comes from finding some information about which parts of the activation space contain information relevant for predicting if the text is true or false, see diagram below. Note, CCS is trained with some regularization, the default weight decay of 0.01 of Atomal. Removing regularization makes test loss much worse and somewhat decreases accuracy. CCS performance on GPTJ depends heavily on the last tokens of the prompt. What the paper does, in all experiments of the paper, the last token is the answer, so that the prompt format is compatible with zero-shot predictions, even though it might matter a lot since CCS uses the activations of the model at the last position, i.e. the activations used to predict what comes right after the text. What Colin claims, Colin claims that CCS accurately classifies text as true or false. He doesn't specify constraints on the kind of text CCS is able to classify, and in particular never states that the end of the text should contain decisive information which makes the text true or false. He acknowledges that results on GPTJ are weak, it seems like it might work less consistently in autoregressive models for reasons we don't understand well. What I measure, I measure the impact of a distracting suffix at the end of the input, to see if CCS is able to find if statements are true or false even when last token isn't the answer. The motivation for this is that if CCS actually measures truth-like features in a sentence, these features should be detectable at different positions of the sentence. Otherwise, the method is unlikely to generalize and find truth-like features in general text which is what we would ultimately want from CCS. What I find. In Yuka, adding suffixes doesn't affect accuracy, whether you're using CCS on the last layer of the encoder, top left quadrant, or using CCS 8 layers earlier, top right quadrant. Performance is best at the last layer. In GPTJ, when using CCS on the last layer, accuracy sometimes drops when adding a suffix. Adding a dot does not change the result, but my attempts at adding a confirmation, that's right, or asking for a judgment, mark for this question, made GPTJ performances much worse, without impacting the performance of logistic regression. See the bold dotted arrow in the bottom left quadrant.
When there is a distracting suffix, GPTJ's performance is better when using CCS8 layers before the end of the network, rather than looking at the last layer. Performance with no suffix, or a mild suffix, like a dot, is about the same in both settings. Note, UK's encoder has 22 layers and GPTJ has 28 layers. Interpretation, speculative. UK's encoder builds up abstraction over the depth of the network, and these abstraction are then used by the decoder to generate text. Therefore, it is expected that truth-related information is most present in the last layer. In GPTJ, abstractions are built over the depth of the network, and used up to predict tokens. Abstractions may be removed near the end of the network if they aren't helpful for predicting the next token. Therefore, when adding a distracting suffix affecting the immediate prediction of the model, the high-level abstraction can most easily been found early in the network. Information present at the last layer is only information which is useful to make a prediction about the next token, which is often related to the truth of the statement which comes before, but is much more sensitive to distractions. Note, in the original paper, Appendix F shows accuracy across layers for every model. It shows that accuracy is very slightly better in GPTJ in the middle of the network. In the experiments I ran, where a suffix is present, the performance increase when looking earlier in the network is much bigger. It's still unclear to me why logistic regression performs well at the last layer of the network even when there is a distracting suffix. What it implies for CCS, CCS can only work when information about the truth of a statement is clearly encoded in the network's activations. This is not always the case at the last position of the last layer of an GPT models, which should only contain information relevant to predict the next token after the input text. Therefore, CCS should be used on activations of intermediate layers of the model instead of its last layer. This makes the method much more robust, and more likely to capture high-level abstraction built by the model rather than correlations in the next token predicted by the model. The original zip file and the original GitHub repo contain major bugs. If you want to work on CCS use either. My repository, which has a relatively small diff with the original zip file. Or Eleuthera Eyes, which is still under development, supports GPU parallelism has a structure very different from the original CCS code, and aims at extending CCS in radical ways. If you change the magnitude and bias of the corresponding probe, the linear combination of two probes found by recursive CCS has low loss and high accuracy. Experiments are not in this post, because I did them with an old codebase, but I might reproduce them and add them to the post if it matters to someone. The loss is L equals min P0, P1 squared plus, P0 plus P1 to 1 squared. If P0 equals P1 equals P, a blind constant guess, then L equals P squared plus, 2P squared, 1 squared which is minimum for P equals 0.4 for which L equals 0.2. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.